Turn in your Bible to Mark 11. And we're going to look at the 23rd, 24th verse. Mark chapter 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Wonderful scripture. Based on where Jesus had walked a day earlier. The disciples are with him. And they've, they've been traveling, and they come past a fig tree. On their adventure past this tri- fig tree, Jesus sees the fig tree. As he walks, there's so much, so much information I could give you on this whole, just a fig tree alone. But as they walk past this fig tree, uh, the disciples are, you know, uh, mesmerized by Jesus going by the fig tree. And he wants something to eat. There's no food on it. And he says, and you have to realize this is a type of the church that existed at that time. There was no food in the church. They weren't feeding. And Jesus was using this as a parallel to a lot of different things. And uh, so anyway, he walks up to this tree. It's got no fruit on it. And he says, you're cursed from the root. And no fruit's going to grow on you from now on. You're cursed. You're dead. And walks on. Now, if I'm the disciples, I'm thinking, this guy, he's losing it. He must be really hungry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you get hungry enough to curse trees, you hungry. Does anybody agree with that? You know, I think there's been times in my life I've been there. You can't tell it now, but there were hunger times. There were times in my life when I was eating ramen noodles in college. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so as they go on into their ministry, they get further and further down the road. The next day they come again by this same fig tree and they look and this thing is withered. And it's dying, dead. And to their surprise, this has happened overnight. And so, you know, of course, the disciples are amazed by this. And Lord, what did you do? How do we do this? How how can we be a participant? How can we have that kind of authority? What do we do? And Jesus gives us this clarity about faith. And tells us something about prayer. Now, you've got to get this because I think one of the things that I see in the church, to, to my dismay and hopefully to yours as well, and I believe it's something that we have to come back to. See, when I was growing up, they used words like suck carpet. Did anybody ever heard that? Boy, I have been in South Carolina way too. Did you hear what I just said? Did anybody heard that? Y'all done rubbed off on me. Amen. Did y'all done heard that? Amen. What in the world? No, we used to say words like suck carpet, meaning we'd come in at night and we'd have all night prayer meetings. I remember when I was a little boy, five, six, seven years old, being up underneath the pews in a church, and our parents would be at the church praying all night long. I mean, they knew how to pray. The, uh, the church that I grew up in years ago, and I'm not that old. I'm 46, going to be 47 this year, wearing extra, extra large. The, the, uh, the church that I grew up in not so many years ago, there was a praying church. Because they understood the, the true value and the true meaning of what prayer could mean in an individual's life. And one of the things that you see that seems to be, that seems to be vanishing from the scope of church is this idea of prayer that, that the church was created. I mean, they, they tell us, here's what the word says, that we're to pray without ceasing. Look at somebody and say, pray without ceasing. 
We're to pray that way. Our life is to be that way. I mean, that doesn't mean have a prayer meeting without ceasing. It just means that our life is a life of prayer. That as we walk through life, as we go through life, as we adventure through life, as we're on our jobs, in our cars, at our kitchen sinks, that we're praying and that we're spending time in, in the presence of the Lord. I mean, it tells us in Proverbs that, that if we'll acknowledge Him in all of our ways, that He'll direct our path. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That acknowledgement comes through prayer. Prayer is the, it is the uh, oil that, gener that keeps the machinery working. I tell you, without prayer, this thing's going to get bound up. You're, you're going to stop the motion that God intends for you to have. And here's the thing. Jesus is going to tell us here clearly what prayer really can do for us. And He's going to give us a description of faith incorporated with that prayer. You know, you're supposed to pray the prayer of faith over somebody who's sick and the Lord will raise him up. we got to know what the prayer of faith is. What is a prayer of faith? What does it mean when the Bible says we're to pray the prayer of faith? Well, this scripture tells us because Jesus describes to us about faith. He tells us how he spoke to the tree and how that tree withered and how authority works. Because you have two things listed here. One is, is the authority-based portion. And that's the first part. It says, And verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, look at somebody say, 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 whosoever shall say unto that mountain. This is authority. This is talking about what already is possessed by a believer. You and I, when we get saved, Jesus comes to live on the inside of us. He said, In greater work shall you do in my name. He said, And when you pray, he said, This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know we have the petitions that we've desired of the Lord. Say, I know the will. I know the way. And I have the desire of my heart. That's what He said. So this is incorporated in the prayer idea that prayer brings us these things. But in prayer we use authority. Jesus used his authority on this tree. He spoke to the tree. He didn't get down on his hands and knees. He didn't beg Jesus to come and provide for him. He spoke to the tree. Many of us are spinning, spinning our wheels, written un, unrealizing or not realizing that, that if we'll use the authority that God has already given us and that if we walk out that authority and the power that is within our voice, the power of the word that we have, because your words are creative. God made you in his image and you're creative and your words are creative. And with Jesus in you, he said, if, if my word abides in you and you abide in me, then you will ask what you will and it will be done. And so he goes on here. I mean, just think. He goes on and he says, if you'll say to that mountain, be thou removed and plucked up and cast into the sea. And if you won't doubt in your heart, but you'll believe the thing that you say shall come to pass, you will have whatever you say. I can remove the mountains in my life. God has given me authority through the words of my mouth. And just like he exercised it over that tree, I can exercise it over the mountains in my life. I can speak to, to, to the things that have hindered me and hampered me and the things that are in my path of success. I can speak to those things and call a different thing into existence. And, and, and listen, I love, I, I just, just while we're on it, you know, I love it. I love something one man said. It takes three times as much saying as it does believing. 
If you'll see in the scripture it said, you'll say unto the mountain, be thou removed, plucked up, cast in the sea, shall not doubt, but believe the thing you say shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you three times as much saying as it is believing. But I got this for you. This is what I think. If you believe it, you'll say it. What you believe, you will say. It'll come out of your mouth. And that's why it's so important. The Bible says that a double-minded man, let not that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man or double-souled man, a double-tongued man is unstable in all of his ways. When you speak faith one day and doubt the next, hang it up. When you got God is good today and, and tomorrow he ain't so good, hang it up. You're not going to receive from that. You've got to stay confident in what you believe. And you've got to speak what you believe. You've got to say what you believe. And if you don't say it, you're never going to see it. Look at somebody and say, you've got to say it to see it. I think we'll say that a little bit with just a little bit more energy. You've got to say it to see it. Much better. So we can use authority. There's the authority available to us. I'm not begging God. You and I are not trying to twist God's arm. We're not trying to move God into a position that he'll finally do it for us. We're not trying to motivate God. He already is motivated. He was so motivated that he did everything on the cross and said, It is what was finished. He conquered death, hell, and the grave he conquered sin he conquered disease he conquered the, the, the works of the devil they were put under his feet he took care of every problem every situation every need every challenge every every opportunity he took care of it right there on calvary he's not going to take care of one more thing when y'all done i guess Y'all done. How many know all just means all? And so in this case, Jesus took care of it all. So he's telling us in the scriptures how you and I can possess what Jesus already accomplished. We're not trying to get him to accomplish it. We're not trying to move him into, into or bait him or convince him to do something for us. Prayer isn't convincing God. Prayer is convincing us. Prayer moves me into the position of receiving. And prayer moves things into my reception. Look at somebody and say, prayer, prayer. Moves, me moves me to receive. To receive. And then say this, prayer, prayer. Moves, things moves things into the position, into the position. For, me for me to receive. Your prayer is not going to change God. It'll change you. It'll change circumstances. It'll change the environment. It'll change the atmosphere. It will do a lot, but it won't change God. Because God's word is instilled. It is already there. It is fact. It will never change. As a matter of fact, God's word is truth. And that supersedes fact. What do I mean by that? Well, think about it. The Bible says, by Jesus' stripes, you and I were healed. Is it true? Fact is, you may have a disease. Truth says, I'm healed. So it overcomes the fact. 
Facts may be there, but God is bigger than the facts. If the sun could stand still for a day, that's, that's, that is a, a, a beyond even my thinking. Ain't nobody shouting on that, but that's pretty good right there. And so here we see it. Now look at the next verse. Here's what it says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire... When you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. I love this because the believing comes before the receiving. In order for me to have what God wants in my life, to, to be everything God intends for me to be, believing comes before receiving. When we pray, we must believe that we receive it, then we'll have it. We must believe that we receive it, then we'll have it. Look at somebody and say, believing first. I have a question for you. Are you ready? Ask somebody. Look at the person next to you and say, are you ready? Are you ready? What they say? See, isn't that funny? Yes, well, that, of course they don't know what they're ready for, but I'm questioning you, are you ready? <laughs> See, prayer has some things that have to be connected to it. There has to be an outcome that is expected. When I pray, I have to have an expected outcome. If I don't have an expected outcome, then I, didn't really, I really didn't have effective prayer. I mean, think about it. If I don't have a result that I'm expecting, then just anything will do. I mean, how would you know if you ever got the answer to a prayer if you didn't actually pray it? If you never, if you just kind of left it nebulous and whatever will be, will be, que sera, sera, you know, whatever comes, comes, I just want it better. Then you're going to get what you believe for because the Bible says you'll have whatever you believe. I'm a whosoever, and I can have whatsoever I say. I can, in my prayer, my prayer life will bring to me, and we have to be careful because some people have, have received things that were their desires. Let me just go on a little side journey, just a little side journey. I'm going to get back to this. And they received things that were their desires because God will give us the desires of our heart. And they went ahead and prayed for something and, and, and you know, I have come to realize this. This is really a truth. Are you ready for this? If you're looking for external confirmation, you'll find it. Let me say it again. If you're looking for external confirmation, you will find it. You'll even invent it. You will manufacture it. If you don't know that God leads from the inside and not the out, then you'll run into somebody and the clouds will fall and you'll put a fleece out before the Lord and some event that happens will be the confirming event of something, something, something that you prayed about. And you can manipulate it to actually come out that way. Well, this is guaranteeing that that was God. The Bible says how we're to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't need an external confirmation to know what God said. 
As a matter of fact, you can get steered wrong, and many people have been, by external confirmation. And most of the time when we have external confirmations, we use that to manipulate others. Because our, 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 we, we probably, people wouldn't follow us by what we actually say. If I came to you and said, I want to go, that might not be enough. But if I said, God said, I done trumped it right there. Who's going to argue with God? If God said you got to go, never mind. Ain't nobody going there. Ain't nobody going there. I mean, I mean, you, you, you now have no opportunity for scrutiny. Nobody can evaluate it. Nobody can look at it. Nobody can have input into it because God said. And how do you know God said? Because I met somebody in the grocery store. And do you know, come on now, I'm preaching real, real good. These people that wander around looking for, I looked on the license tag of that BMW, and it said, you ought to have one. And I said, yes, Lord. That's me right there. God done said it. And then we come back and tell them, God said, you can find your confirmation because our decisions, many of our decisions are made internally. And we make decisions all the time and then put God on top of the decision we made. You ought to lay the decision out before God and let him evaluate it. Just thought I'd say that to help you out. The Bible says we'll know on the inside. We have a confirming word on the inside. It's the inward witness we're looking for and the still small voice. As a matter of fact, when I have a lot of external communication... Because the Bible says the hour cometh the now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We've got to be careful of the external. You don't need a, listen, don't come here giving no parking lot prophecy. Thus saith the Lord. I'm going to show you thus saith the Lord. We will escort you thus saith the Lord off the property. Thus saith the Lord, you need to leave. We train people here to be led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. When our stuff won't stand on its own merit. I had a man one time, he came to the church. And he, had, he was uh, pastoring a church in another city. And I knew him for, through several uh, occasions that we had met. And I remember that he came to me and told me God told him to let his church go. Close it down, pack it up, come to Florence and start a church. Well, many of the events in his life were, didn't demonstrate somebody who was very good at hearing from the Spirit of the Lord. Because the Bible says, woe be it unto those that say God said. Just a little side journey. Y'all don't mind, I'm kind of off the message right now, but I think it's real good. And so he said, the Bible says, woe be it unto those that said God said. Abraham lived hundreds of years and he only heard from the Lord a couple times. And there's some people hearing from God every day. Maybe we ought to write you into the book. It's the truth anyhow. So he came to me and told me how God had told him to start a church in Florence. Packed up all his stuff. First of all, God wouldn't have left those people in the drink. He wouldn't have closed the building without having some place for them to go. Because pastors love people. He would have taken care of those people. Made sure they were okay. Everything would have worked together for the good. I mean, if it helps one person, it hurts everybody else. It ain't God. 
God would bless everybody in the condition. When God speaks, everybody gets blessed. Lot and Abraham were both blessed. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just saying. I mean, when one person gets their dream fulfilled, everybody else's dream goes to pot. That ain't God. <laughs> I'm preaching real, real good. God's in it for everybody. He don't bless one and hurt another. He blesses everybody. They wouldn't have been hurt. They were. The people were hurt. They were, the place closed down. Just The whole place. Was, and then there were a lot of circumstances that just generated negative things. Things that had happened. Things he had done. Things he had said. Things that he had acted out. And his lifestyle over the course of weeks had looked and looked good. You know, when somebody has lifestyle issues... I mean, a couple weeks later, they've decided for Christ. And two weeks after, or three weeks, or four weeks, or five weeks later, all of a sudden, they're hearing from God. Maybe they need to be stable for a little while. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you ever seen it? Have y'all ever seen that? The guy got saved, the next day he's hearing from God? Anyway, the story here is this. Listen, catch this. Catch this. Get this. Get this in your spirit. So the guy comes... And tells me he's going to start this church. I'm sitting with him. I said, you know, well, I, I, you know, maybe that's not God. Oh, no. It's God. It's God. It's God. So I told him, I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, really, just be honest. You've told me several things that God told you. None of those things came true. They don't look good. I said, so here's, here's what I think. I said, your track record of hearing from God isn't very good. Man got mad, got mad with me, ended up in major trouble, ended up in a divorced home, ended up in a mess, came here, was going to start a church, never started it. Total disaster. Ended up being a DJ in a bar. Let me help you today. When we pray, our first prayer needs to be, God, what is your will? Our first prayer needs to be, God, what is your will? He said when we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petitions we've desired of the Lord. God, I want to get in a place with you that I don't make the decision that I would want, but I make the decision that you would want. What do you want? I don't need emotional invigorment. I don't need to feel it. I just need to know it. I have a no-so. Today, if I ask you if you knew you were saved, if I said, do you know you're saved? Do you know you're saved, George? Yes, you do. How do you know? Okay. You just, let me ask another one. It's a good answer. How do you know? Follow the commandments of the Lord. How do you know? How do you know? Isn't this amazing? Because when I ask you, everybody sits there. They know. You know. Don't you? Do you know? Do you know you're saved? Do you know you're saved? Look, if I had a baseball bat and I was about to hit you on the head right now. And I'm ready, okay? Or if I pulled out a revolver and I said, you're going to go to heaven right now. And I said, tell me, are you saved? What would you say? How do you know? You ready? Because his spirit bears witness 
with it isn't external is it nothing on the outside it wasn't the goose pimples that you got at the front of the altar it wasn't that you rolled on the floor or that you had some epiphany when you got home or that an angel visits you daily no the way you know you're saved is that his spirit bears witness with your spirit where do you know you're saved here here in your spirit you just know that you know that you know how do you know I know how do you know I don't know I, know. I just know he bore witness in me he revealed himself not to my head because in the head you can't understand it it isn't a flesh thing you can't pick it up by your flesh you get it in your spirit your heart he comes and lives not in your fleshly heart but he comes and lives in the heart that is the spirit I will come in and sup with him and he with me I will make my abode in him if my words abide in you and you abide in me you'll ask what you will there is a knowledge that does not come from the external it comes from the internal and God is the spirit when we come to God in prayer our first prayer would be God I should know here I love something somebody once said if you don't know, don't go. Look at somebody and say, if you don't know, don't go. And you know, some people try to manipulate God with their going. They go do things and try to make God line up with their desire. Try to make God fit into their thinking. God already has a plan. And that plan is already blessed. Today, some of you are sitting in this room, and if you really evaluated your plan, if you really sat down and you presented that plan to God, and you opened the book to the Lord, and you said, God, here's what I'm thinking about doing, because there's nothing worse as a leader, to have somebody come up to you and go, this is what I did, what do you think? Man, I hate that. I hate that as a boss. Hey, Pastor Steve, I went and did such and such and such, what do you think? Here's my bag of poop, what do you think? I know that was a little off color, but it's the truth anyway. Here's that relationship right here. Hi. I done married him. I went to the courthouse. What do you think? Can you help us? I mean, you wouldn't do any counseling beforehand. No, we can't submit to that. We can't come and have it evaluated. We can't have it have it scrutinized. We don't want anybody to look into it. We're just going to be private. We're just going to do it on the side. Because we really don't want to hear what you've got to say no how. I'm in love. He's just so fine. I know he ain't got a job. I know he doesn't have, he doesn't, I, I know he's been married four times. I know that, I know he was in jail last month, but I loved him there and I love him now. I am, I'm going right on ahead. I'm going to go right on ahead because I see poor people making dumb decisions and then they come to me afterwards and want me to fix the mess they made. Why don't you not make the mess? I'd rather be single than married to somebody that I didn't like. I'd rather stay single than to end up with somebody that I couldn't get along with. I tell you right now, you listen to me, somebody in this room, there's something worse than being single. 
They are worse things than being single. I'm just telling you. Hey, the Bible says if you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You ain't got to rush into nothing. You ain't got to hurry. He said, they that wait on the Lord, just wait. Just keep on walking. Just keep on talking. Just keep on trusting God. Go into some fasting and some prayer. Get your, Some of y'all just need to listen. listen. <laughs> it's the truth anyhow. I'm preaching really Really, 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 really good. God will fix it. He'll bless you all he can. Some of them road signs out there. Lady, if he's smacking you around today, he will be smacking you worse tomorrow. Uh, he said sorry. And he really meant it the 30th time. If he's a drug addict today, you're going to be dealing with a drug addict tomorrow. And you don't marry for money. Although it is better to have it. Let me just say, if you are going to... You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't marry your dream fantasy you gotta you gotta live in reality and I'll tell you the best place to find your reality is to get out of your flesh ch chasing things that are the flesh chasing pride he said he would lead you and guide you into all truth my goodness, he's given us a spirit on the inside of us, the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. To the, and think of the spirit that's inside of you. You have the, 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 the beam of light that can shine on all your conditions and all your situations, and God can reveal to you where to go, what to do, how to do it. You've got a GPS on the inside. We start there with prayer. I want to finish up with something. I need you to catch this. Ah, I'm out of time. Maybe I'm going to have to hit this next week. This was important to me. It's very important because today many of you in this room, many of you are making decisions, life decisions, marriage decisions, career decisions, job decisions, people decisions, business decisions. And you don't have to make them without the guide. You have a guide on the inside. And the first place we should go in prayer is to the guide on the inside I, I, let me say this I remember there were some de decisions that I had made without my wife I lost a lot of money before on it I lost about $15,000 in a deal one time I've lost more than that on another deal this was before I realized that God would tell my wife <laughs> I kind of wanted to push forward and do things I, I came to realize you know the Bible says the two shall become one flesh and so so I've learned from there on decisions that before I make a decision I need to consult her and let that get in her spirit as well as my spirit the idea of pushing ahead with a decision has always cost me it's always hurt me it's always been something that 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 affected me because and this is for husbands and wives in this room listen God gave you a partner and that partner is there for you to come together. We're to come into one accord, into one mind. 
And there are times that men, we want to just bully ahead and push forward and push past some of the things that are, you know, God gave our wives, I, I don't know how to, they have a sense. My wife can know things going on with my children before I would ever think about it. Can you women say that? You just kind of have a knowing. Is there anybody in this room that just kind of knows what's going on with their kids, women? Come on, be honest about it. You just have, you can see things and hear things and evaluate stuff. They're walking, my, the kids are walking in the house, you'd be like, what's wrong, Stephen? I'd be like, ah, he's tired. No, no, something's wrong. Something's up. She gets it. There's something inside. And God placed that in our wives, in them, inside of them. And if we're, if we're wise enough, we will encourage that in our wife. And if we have something from the Lord and the Lord tells us to do something, men, then we should, evaluate, we should be willing to put it before the scrutiny of our family. I feel like the Lord said to do this. I can't tell you how many times I would have rushed ahead had I not listened to my wife and my wife said, no, don't do that. Steve, don't do that. And now I listen even more, understanding that, hey, we should be in one accord here. And if God's in it, there are times, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong, man, there are times when you have to man up. And you've got to step up and say, whatever it costs us, whatever the situation, I'm the man in the house. I'm not lording over you. I'm not telling you what to do. But somebody has to make the decision. And it's going to be me. Amen. But that should come. See, my wife will follow me. Now listen to me. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, men, clearly. My wife will follow me because my track record is outstanding. Don't have sin in my life. Man, I'm preaching real good. She's fantastic. She has watched the decision making. She has watched my prayer life. You got some sinner guy that don't even go to church saying to you, I've had this happen. Now, if you'd quit that church, I'd go with you over to Baptist Yahunga Church. If you'd leave that family worship center, I don't want to go over there. I don't like that old pastor. And if you leave, if you leave family worship center, Ain't never, I'll go with you. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's at East Jahunga Baptist Church. And he's still sitting at home watching football. She ain't even where she wanted to be. Because, man, if, he, if, she, if she would just leave that family worship center because they corrupted her thinking. No, you got a godly man that loves the Lord, that prays and fasts and seeks God, lives a righteous and a holy life, not full of sin, has made positive decisions and made positive challenge to life. And, and you can look at a track record. Men, we ought to build a track record that, can be, that people can be confident in. If everything you say turns to pot, then don't expect your wife to come in and go, okay, sure. You want to go and start a business? Let's go. I've got 100000 for you. <laughs> that's just stupid it is no you gotta prove yourself you gotta even God himself said prove me now even God said let me show you you can prove me I'll tell you what, you, you bring your tithe in the storehouse and you will prove me God has no problem with proof men we ought to prove this thing out now my wife knows she's watched 
And everything, everything I told her we would do, we've done it. We've done it. So when I come to her and say, now look, sweetie, I understand where you're at. I understand how you feel. I get it. I feel that I have to, I have to, I have to stand up here and tell you, I believe that God has told me to do this. She will say, I don't agree with you, but I'm going. At those moments. And in that, she says this. I agree that you're my husband. And I agree with what you're deciding to do because I'm going to go with you. But I'm not in agreement because it's not in my spirit. Does that make sense? Does anybody get that? Because I'm, the Bible says I'm to obey you in all things. I'm going to do this. As long as it's not illegal or immoral. Your husband comes and says, Lord told me to go to a bar. No, no, no. I must serve God rather than man. See that? As long as it's not illegal or immoral. And I think this. Listen to me. In defining the will of God, God trumps it all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. In concerning spiritual things, they trump other things. If your husband wanted you to get out of church, and, and, didn't, and you'd have to tell him no, because that's, that's God's house, and I follow God first. Does that make sense? But when it comes to life decisions, whether we buy that Monte Carlo or whether we buy the Ford Mustang, whether we get it red or green, does anybody get what I'm talking about? And how do we get these things? First, we get them in our spirit. The first prayer, the first objective is to say, God, I want your will.